What's up, friends? It is EK back with another hot off the press edition of the Debbie Dose. As always, my homie Kyle is here. What's up, Kyle? Nothing much. Just so excited to talk about the Big Ten. You're very soft-spoken tonight. Are you, are you <laughs> sad about the Big Ten? <laughs> I'm sad about the Pac-12, actually. Um, that's too. where that's I, where my sadness originates. You can hold a little yeah. funeral here on the Debbie Dose for the Pac-12. Yeah. Yes. Well, should we light a candle? Rest in peace. Kyle's a Washington State fan for some reason, too. My father is an alum, so that is why the Washington State connection. For some weird reason. I was born there, okay? Basically. I like Washington State, too. I do. I do, I do. But, yeah. It's 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 tough to see a Washington State team that's been competitive in the revenue sports, at least football, They've been decent at basketball, just get left behind. And now there's this report that, like, there was a Pac-12 um, official – or not an official, but a Pac-12 team AD who called a Big 12 official the other night and was like, hey, can you take all of us except for Oregon State and Washington State? Oh, <laughs> it's really? Like, oh, my God, you really hate us that much? That's hilarious. <laughs> to be fair, they are like the redheaded stepchildren of the Pac-12, like Oregon State specifically. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're they're competitive in football. Both teams are right now. Um, I mean, Oregon State should be right. Last year it was pretty bad. Last year they ended the season ranked. They were strong last year. All right, all right. Well, they were boring (laughs) for CFF and for Debbie. Yeah, it's true. And they've they've been boring for a number of years, but they played good defense last year. quarterback but then he transferred to tcu that was like the chandler morris right but you know the name of the quarterback this year oh no 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 chance mellon but you know the name of the quarterback this year it's very fun yeah i do um Um, but yeah i mean i get it like washington state's in the middle of freaking nowhere um it's like an hour of farmland in any direction but come on please (laughs) yeah so our our theory is that the ACC is going to have to soak this up or they're going to have to like merge with the Mountain West. I think are the two ways that we could both kind of had independently came to the same ideas of this happening. I think Stanford um, or maybe some Ivy combination League. of it, you know. I think Stanford should join the Ivy League. <laughs> I like, yeah, they like always feel like a board, like, you know, they're like the West Coast Ivy League's cool, right? Uh, but they're just like that. You see, you see Berkeley can too, actually. Get them both in the Ivy League. And then Washington State can go to the SEC. They're, uh, they're, I think they're more SEC material than Missouri. Interesting. See, they're in the southeastern part of Washington, so. I think you might be um, a cohort of one that thinks that it's a good idea. I saw I saw somebody make that joke on Twitter, and they took the United States map and flipped it upside down so that Washington was in the very southeast corner, <laughs> <laughs> and was like, Washington State's more southeast than anybody. <laughs> That's pretty.
pretty good. Good humor, dad jokes. Um, it's what you guys come here for, right? Yeah, they were looking at so, that Australian map. <laughs> so we're in the Big Ten. We're excited. There's some teams to talk about. I mean, mostly it's like Ohio State and everyone else when we're talking about Debbie and yeah. CFF. But there's still some some fun players on these other teams. I think uh, I, I think there think are. I think Penn State's getting there in terms of teams we need to talk about with Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, I mean Penn State was a few years ago, and I think they're kind of back, right? Um, frankly, I think I think well Debbie wise, they have just as good a quarterback and just as good a running back as Ohio State, if not better. So true. It's the wide receiver room that yeah, exactly really is. Just nobody nobody matches up to Ohio State in terms of wide receiver rooms right now. Man, I I I like Singleton more than Henderson. I don't know if it's I just Henderson. No, me too. Too those. Me too. Might be some recency bias, but I just Henderson's. He was great. He was he was really good his freshman year, but I I just think. Um, last year, even when he was on the field, he wasn't wasn't awesome, and I just I think Singleton has maybe some more upside at this point. And we'll get there, but we're not going to start there. We're not going to start there. We're going to start with Michigan, the uh, reigning Big Ten champs, right? And um, CF uh, college playoff team this past yeah. year. Right? Tied for third last year. Tied for third. Right, right, right. A good squad. Um, you know, always a little bit tough for CFF outside of the running backs, but – always with some Debbie talent, uh, just not necessarily the, the, the fireworks you want for fantasy football, uh, due to what's traditionally been a little bit more of a run the ball up the gut and, and wear them down type offense. Um, but there's some guys here, right? Quarterback JJ McCarthy. I, I'm a pretty big fan of, I don't think he's a first rounder unless he, makes serious strides this year, but I could see that happening. Um, I think in traits, he, he's, he's really good inter intermediate short area accuracy. I think he's got, um, you know, really nice, uh, like awareness in the backfield and, and pocket mobility. Um, I love that he can throw on the run. Um, like I, I think, Personally, that's one of the traits that I think really translates well to the next level is having that, you know, the feel in the pocket. Um, so I could see him taking a step, you know. Uh, last year, watching film, my knock was his deep ball was a little bit rough, but he he had some good deep balls in um, that last game against TCU. So maybe he takes another stride, and we're talking about him as – you know, the number 28 overall pick or 29 overall pick right now. I think if you drafted this class today, I think he's a second rounder, which still isn't, you know, much to sneeze about. Uh, definitely a day two guy, not a not a day three guy um, for CFF, though. He's just kind of man, you know, like uh, I think he was like a root down somewhere. Uh, I did not, but he was like. 17 points a game last year in our born and raised league that we kind of use as our league of record for this uh, podcast. He runs a little bit, but 
doesn't have the consistent enough passing volume. They really want to start him on a week-to-week basis. And I don't see that changing. I had an idea that they started to throw more towards the end of last year. And then I went and looked at the game logs and it was not true. It was a fake idea. They actually uh, ran the ball slightly more last year than they did the before when, when they were playing Cade, Cade McNamara. Um, the last three games last year, he was averaging under 20 pass attempts and they were just running the ball. And uh, I think that's, that's, that's who they want to be, you know, um, wide receiver. I, there's some guys, right. I was, I was talking to, to Kyle about Cornelius Johnson. Uh, a lot of the Debbie watch guys liked him last year coming into the season as a guy that would maybe break out and kind of follow that, like. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Nico Collins type path. And I can see that happening. I mean, he had that one game, uh, what, against Ohio State, right? That he just went freaking nuclear last year. But he's a big guy. He has some speed. Uh, he has the ability to, to you know, win routes, uh, physicality at the top, top of the route. I, know, uh, I could really see. Go ahead. I realized I was on mute. And I was trying to interject about JJ McCarthy about a minute ago. <laughs> no, I wasn't just ignoring you and talking over <laughs> you, although that would be funny for me to do. <laughs> JJ McCarthy was a 20.5 points per game fantasy scorer last year. Um, in born that, and raised? Yeah. That makes him the uh, QB 26. I can among swear guys who are that returning. I just looked at this. Maybe I was in a a different league, but I thought he was 17 and a half. And I feel like I opened it up on the first page <laughs> and it said what you just said. And then when I did this, it was worse. Why are there like three different fantasy points for games? This one says 18.2. I, I bet one of these includes the bowl game and one of these doesn't, but I don't know which one does. Um, either way, either way, I, yeah, I mean, like 20... JJ McCarthy quite a bit, actually, especially for Debbie. I think um, there's a lot of ability there, even if it's not necessarily highlighted in this offense. Mm. Um, I mean, he's a guy who's highly recruited, you know, has that ability to make some off platform throws, pretty athletic. Um, I mean, I think the NFL is going to talk themselves into J.J. McCarthy. I think they already kind of are. I think um, guys like Brugler are decently high on J.J. McCarthy, if I remember right. Do you, do you have, so, like, day two pick right now if, like, we drafted today, or do you think he's already uh, a second half of the first round guy? It's tough to tell with this class. I mean, there's so many guys who I would – there's so many quarterbacks I would put it in round two right now. Yeah. In this class. Phoenix, like Michael Penix. Group, yeah. Right? Um, I tend to gravitate towards McCarthy more because those guys are like fifth year seniors and McCarthy is a true junior. Um, right. So I like that quite a bit about him. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was pretty accurate last year. I want to say, uh, yeah, 64.6%, 22 to 5 touchdown to interception ratio. Obviously, that's easier to do when you have a dominant rushing attack and you have a dominant offensive line, right? 
um, yeah. really helps in, in not making bad so, plays. I did find it. He, um, Dane Brugler from the Athletic projected him to go number fifteen in his early mock draft, and Todd McShay has him going twentieth. Interesting. I mean, he completed sixty-five percent of his passes last year. Like, he was accurate, made the throws. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if Harbaugh is willing to give him a little more of a leash, just to let him try to impress scouts. But I don't know. It's tough. Well, I mean, scouts like winning quarterbacks, and he'll certainly get a chance to shine at the combine, right? That sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, Crip day, which might be really where, like, we get the most information from the NFL about who 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 they think he is, right? It's during during actual draft season. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, like, he's got the makeup of a of a NFL quarterback in terms of accuracy, 8.4 yards per attempt is good. Obviously the volume is low. And like I said, he's been in like what I think is a very favorable circumstance, despite not having superstar wide receivers, like gets pretty good protection. Um, you know, usually often playing from ahead, uh, kind of makes your life easier when you're not trying to throw out, throw the ball 40 times, catch up. But um, I don't have that many knocks on him. You know, deep accuracy was like the one thing in my film session last year that's live on the channel. If anyone wants to watch it, uh, that I thought he needed to improve on. Um, but I, I, can you improve on that? Like, sure. You know. Uh, I mean, he has the I, arm. Yeah. I didn't think he had like crazy arm strength. I thought he was pretty accurate, though. I think he has enough. Yeah, enough, right? Yeah, he's, he ain't gonna win any any competitions. Uh, but yeah, could, could, got it done on intermediate passes, some cross hatch stuff that I saw. So, All right? Anything else, in McCarthy? No, let's let's talk about who he's throwing it to. Yeah, so Cornelius Johnson, as I was saying, is probably the wide receiver one here, unless one of the young guys really makes a huge jump. I mean, he was like. I know the wide receiver won two years ago when Ronnie Bell wasn't in. And then, but Bell really got the the bulk of the work last year. Uh, I think Bell was an 800 yard guy, like 60 catches, 800 yards, something like that. Uh, Johnson was like a lower volume downfield threat, which he still might be this year. Um, but we could see him getting more work. Uh, the other vet there that's, Pretty much locked in as a starter is Roman Wilson, who was not a high-volume guy last year. Did go crazy uh, in that game against TCU. It was like 104 yards, five catches, but that was the first time he had had five catches all year. So tough for me to get too excited about Roman Wilson. Uh, The most interesting guys to me there are really the two freshmen from last year that will be true sophomores. Neither one of them broke their year one zero, so we're going to be a little wary about them for Debbie purposes, but they could certainly, you know, still have some late round upside if they do have some success this year. Um, And they could have some CFF upside in as much as any Michigan receiver has CFF upside, but Tyler Morris, I liked a lot. He was kind of a borderline five-star guy, depending on where you were looking. Uh, super athletic, like that athletic slot profile. But he's gotten a ton of hype this year during spring camp. 
Um, I've seen some beat writers uh, posit that he might push Roman Wilson to the outside because he's the superior slot weapon. Um, and then there was Darius Clemens, who got a ton of camp hype last year, got camp hype again this year, uh, and is widely projected to be the third starter. Um yeah, I mean, I'm more interested in those guys than I am in Roman Wilson, certainly for Debbie and probably for CFF. Although, you know, I think if you're relying on any of these guys as CFF starters, you're probably trying to get a good draft pick next year. <laughs> uh, I just don't don't see them being that kind of player. Um, running back, obviously, uh, the strong point for for C, for CFF for fantasy football. Blake Corum last year was a beast uh, before he got hurt. 23.1 points per game, 1,400 yards, 18 touchdowns. He did get hurt late in the year, but he is cleared for fall camp, which is good news if you are a Corum bag holder. The question is, is this more of a timeshare this year? Can you not hear me? No, I'm saying I am the Corum bag holder. Oh, I think we're tapping the ear, like. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got some quorum fears as well. Not an overwhelming amount, but um, I, I, I have been higher on him for Debbie than some people, but the NFL doesn't seem to be drooling over him. Uh, you know, he kind of, like, gets mocked at that early day pre, if you know, at all. Uh, doesn't often get included in, you know, uh, the top 100 mocks, which is usually what people are doing. It's way early mocks. Uh, Donovan Edwards might be the more valuable Debbie asset. I mean, certainly has more of a conventional workhorse size, has the pass catching profile, even if Corum is the better inside rusher, which I think he is. I think Corum might be the better runner of the two. We know the NFL is looking for the all-purpose weapon out of the backfield, and that's that's Donovan Edwards. So I think they both get drafted this year. I think Edwards gets drafted higher, gets drafted before Corum, uh, and I think Edwards has a good shot at at you know round three, something like that. He could go back to school. I don't know. What do you think? I think he goes back. I I doubt it. I mean, I think. Um... I would imagine they both go. I think Quorum is a round three guy. And I I think it'd be tough for him to get higher, but I think it'd also be tough for him to go lower than round three. I feel like this he is just the time feels of like year. the perfect round three. <laughs> I hear you. I think this is the time of year where we have like 15 running backs that are going to go as top 90 picks, right? And then as we get a little closer to the draft, oh, I, I also think that talent-wise, he is a day-two pick. I think that, but I don't see a lot of other people that think that. People say he's too small. I'm like, you're like 205, man, like stocky, yeah. right? Like maybe even yeah. 208. Like that's that's big enough, man. Um, I just uh, – and I, I do think he separates himself. He's he, he, can, he can work as a pass catcher. He is very fast. He can make people miss him in the open field. And he's like a, you know, hit the hole hard and fast, quick decision maker at running back, right? So I think he's a good running back. I don't think he'll be in 
astounding NFL running back, but I, I think he's competent, right? Um, so I, it does it does hearten me to say that for, yeah. to hear you say that you think he's a day three guy, but also that might be influenced by your number of Blake Corum shares. Is he not better than Tank Bigsby? Uh, I, I think didn't he's better think than Bigsby Tank Bigsby. Was a day three guy? It was it was it was a day two guy? Honestly, until the NFL did. Um, but yeah, yeah. Looking at the tape, I, it's a little bit tough though, right? Because Corum has a lot of tape of him blasting through wide open holes and getting two yards before contact, and then hitting guys with speed and power behind him, right? Whereas Bigsby tape is full of him making guys miss in the backfield or like <laughs> shrugging off a tackle to get a yard and a half. Right. It's just really tough to, they're not, it's not apples to apples with the two of them. Right. Sure. Um, but uh, anyway, so that's, that's what I got on the running backs there. Um, backups are going to be Khalil Mullings and CJ Stokes. They have two interesting freshmen, but they're not likely to see a lot of playing time this year. Uh, some beats think Cabana will make the team. Uh, Cole Cabana, who's their like high four star, he's like RB eighteen or something in the league, RB thirty. Um, he's like not really. He doesn't really profile as like a workhorse NFL guy. He's like he's 180 tiny. pounds, six foot. Yeah, yeah so exactly. he's not interesting for me for Debbie. Uh, I prefer Benjamin Hall, um, but prefer in as much as he looks kind of like. Uh, God, I want to see Hassan Hall, but that's not the guy. Who was the last Michigan running back? Hassan Haskins. Yeah, Hassan Haskins. He reminds me of that, right? Like a good college running back, super productive for CFF. Day three NFL running back. I mean, who knows? We've seen Benjamin Hall only play a little bit, but he was the star of the spring game. Uh, I mean, was blasting dudes in that game. Uh you know, workhorse size as an 18-year-old. I mean, I love that. You know, if the guy can catch a couple of passes, maybe he can be a Debbie accent too. But at this point, you know, they'll remain to be seen, and I don't expect to see him on the field this year unless some people get injured. Um, but I'm not really interested in Mullings I, I, or Stokes. My, my issue with those two is I think they both get recruited over. Um, you think they bring in a five-star next year or something? I mean, they have Jordan Marshall committed next year, who's 5'10", 193. Um, he's like the RB10-ish. I think he's better than both of them. But he's, he's he takes Cabana's job, not Hall's job. I mean, 5'10", 193 is decently stocky for a high schooler. I guess for a junior, yeah, right? Probably puts on some more weight, gets closer to 200 as he uh, graduates. Yeah. yeah. We shall see. Uh, I don't know. Wouldn't be the first time the lower recruited guy keeps a job, right? I mean, That's that true. All the time. And um, I, I do actually like CJ Stokes a little bit. I mean, as a true freshman last year, he had 273 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's that's something. I believe he's the one who's like really fast, right? Um, yeah, he's 5'10", 170, and well, up to 190 now, actually, um, and just super fast. So I think I think he's an interesting player. 
um, especially because he'll have a year on Cabana and Hall. Like if right. both these guys go pro, yeah, he can be the next kind of Edwards type. Yeah, the takeaway might be not Cole Cabana here. Yeah, I think that's definitely the takeaway. And I got like the more I think about it. He... Yeah, the more I think about it, I think the takeaway might be a transfer next year. Could be, could be. If, I mean, if, Paul was good in the spring game, though, man. He was playing against first-team defense and running for, like, five and a half a clip, dude. Like, I could be good. I have a ton yeah. of shares of them because his cost has been so low. You can get him in, like, the eighth round, ninth round, tenth round of supplementals that I've been taking him late everywhere just because why the hell not? What if he is the next Michigan running back, right? If he's not, whatever, he's an easy cut in 2024. And if he is, then you got a, a really valuable CFF asset at least. Um, sure. I like that. I don't want to spend I think, four, I think that's good strategy. Spend, yeah. I, I like that. But um, Colston Loveston, uh, Loveland, Colston Loveland, um, I've seen described as a top five Debbie tight end. He was almost 11 points per game last year as a backup, uh, the third string guy, really. And um, I don't know. He, he was available in most supplementals. I seem to miss the timing on him, despite having him kind of on my list. I always was taking uh, Jalen Conyers over him, or you know some other guys if I if I wanted uh, you know a real Debbie tight end. Um, so I seem to miss the window on him all the time. But guys love him. You got anything on Loveland? Did you watch him play at all? I mean, he's six five, two thirty seven. I mean that's that's good size. Um impressive to have that kind of statistics as a uh, true freshman, correct? Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think he probably contributes to Eric All transferring out. Right? Yeah, yeah, His ascension. Exactly. Um, You know, and, and honestly, I watching last year, I thought Eric All was better than Luke Schoenmacher. Yeah. I, I think Schumacher like was Schumacher's overrated, just in general. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I, I, there were some, uh, there's some all highlights where he was like blasting down the scene, barreling guys over, and I was like, oh, he could be a thing, you know. But, we'll get to it later, but I think all is better than Lachi. I don't, or we'll get to it next I, episode, but it is. <laughs> I, I don't, but there's a basis for argument. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I wanted to to get some backup for my. Lachi shares because I was a little bit afraid of like a true timeshare at least. Right. Um, which would suck if you're depending on him as a CFF guy, but all right, that's enough of talking about Michigan. We never need to talk about Michigan for 25 minutes ever again. Oh, I mean, I think this is exactly the team to talk about for 25 minutes in this conference. As long as we give Ohio state 35, which I think we will. But before that, we'll give um, – well, first of all, we'll, I'll give you a second to uh, tell me why I'm wrong on these rankings and to break I the like tie all. between Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. For Debbie Edwards. All right. What about everyone else here? Honestly, I like them all. I wonder if we're low on Loveland. Um but I guess for Debbie, my hesitation on Loveland for CFF is that they do have the other kid, AJ Barner, 
And I wonder if they're going to like heavily work that two tight end system like they did last year. I really made it so like all and Schoenmacher both had boom games, but were really inconsistent. So I kind of think you're right where he is. Yeah, I I expect him to do that. And then my issue is just like Dalvin Smith and RJ Maryland are wide receivers, you know? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, yeah, I like all of this. I I think you're aggressive on JJ McCarthy for Debbie, but I, again, I think I'm with you. I feel like we're both higher than consensus on him, but I mean, I, I watched the film. I like it. There's nothing I don't like in his profile. I'm going to be honest with you. I have him higher than that on my own personal rankings. I have him above Jackson Arnold. I, I don't think that's crazy. I mean, look, I have a principle in, in, in C to C where like you should probably take the guy that's already done it ahead of the kid that you think might do it. You know what I mean? I the problem with that is you're kind of trading upside for floor, right? Like you're not going to get Jamar Chase chasing second and third year guys. You're going to get him chasing freshmen. But you get a hell of a lot of like NFL prospects getting the guys that have already done it that are undervalued. So. You want to put J.J. McCarthy above Arch? Because I want to. I would take J.J. McCarthy above Arch personally, yes. I don't think Arch Manning is that great right now. I think he's got the pedigree, but. Quite anti-Arch. I mean, I, I liked J.J. McCarthy's freshman film better than I liked Arch, just didn't you? Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. All right, what you got for us? What you got for us, Kyle? Okay, we, we spent 30 minutes on Michigan. We're going to spend 30 seconds on Northwestern right now. Um, first of all, screw everyone involved in that scandal. Um, that sucks. That's stupid, and it doesn't belong here. It doesn't belong anywhere. Um, yeah, it was like some grimy hazing stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they fired the head coach. Um, they had just brought in a new DC this year. He was the former North Dakota state DC. Um, that's David Braun and they promoted him to interim head coach. Um, it doesn't seem like they have a ton of plans to not let him coach this season completely. So I think he'll be the head coach. Um, so like a new staff, but like kind of new, kind of not, I don't know. Um, I think they're going to suck. They're probably going to go 0 and 12. Um, I don't know if they play like a school for the blind, then they might be 1 and 11. Um, but I think they're going to be absolutely horrible. Um, just for some names for you guys, just because we are talking about these teams and we've talked about, you know, some pretty shitty G5 teams. So I'll give you the names of players at Northwestern just so you know who they are. Um, Cincinnati transfer quarterback Ben Bryant is there. He is probably going to have the quarterback job. He sucked at Cincinnati. He'll probably suck at Northwestern. Um, Not excited for him at all, especially with, like, zero offensive line. Um, Bryce Kurtz and Jacob Gill are the returning starters at wide receiver. They exist, and they are, you know, some of the wide receivers who play football at the college level. Mm. good for them. That makes them better than almost everyone else, except for the ones that are actually good in college football. Um, And then at running back, I think Cam Porter is going to be the starter. Um, There was some hype around Porter last offseason. There was like some people who thought he would take more of the job from Evan Hull. 
he was supposed to be the starter. Yeah. Evan Hull did well when Porter was hurt the year before. Yeah. And Porter couldn't take the job back from Hull because Hull is good. Exactly. Um, Hull is good. I don't think Porter is. Um, Last season, he averaged like three yards a carry, um, 286 yards on 87 carries, just two touchdowns, seven receptions for 50 yards. I don't think he's near the receiver that Hull is. Um, He is 5'10", 220, which is good size, but um, I'm just not excited for Cam Porter at all. I think you can make the case that he's going to have volume. We've seen volume. Are they even going to try to run the ball down 30 points every week? I don't know. Were they going to throw it? I mean. (laughs) Ben Barnett's going to stand back there and get sacked is what's going to (laughs) happen. So I've got a proposition for you. Kick Northwestern out of the Big Ten. Put Washington State in there. Deal. Deal. So I'm done ranking Northwestern players, I think. I think that's yeah. all he got. I don't even think he should be that high. I, I mean, think he should be below. I don't think Jones is good. <laughs> no, but I think Sean Dollars could be good. I think Kyrie Robinson's way too low. He's like a 15 points Quaylon per game Jones story. That. That's a good question. <laughs> it was definitely me. to fix this shit as we go through. How is Cedric yeah. Baxter so low? Because of CFF. The issue is we have like some guys ranked too low, and like I look at this list and I go, "Oh, Kyrie Robinson scored twelve points a game last season. That's more than Cedric Baxter will have." And then I put Cedric Baxter there, but like really, Kyrie Robinson should just be a little higher. Yeah, we gotta we gotta do some tweaking, I think. But um, all right, you want to talk about Northwestern anymore? No, please God, no. Do you want to talk about a different team? Or actually, I got four, so I guess I should yeah. tee off on one of my easy ones, right? Yeah. All right, let's talk about Iowa. While we're on the subject of crappy college Shit, football teams. <laughs> I'm sorry if anyone's listening to this and you're an Iowa fan, but last year was bad. I am. I'm very sorry all for you. apologize to us for putting that on TV. <laughs> Spencer Petrus is gone, though. Hey, you cannot get worse without Spencer Petrus. That's true. That's true. Spencer Putrid. Um, Yeah. So, look. Like you said, Petrus is gone. Petrus is gone. In comes Cade McNamara, who we were just talking about, was Michigan's quarterback, right, for a year and a half. Two years. Went to the playoff. Here's his career stats. 63% completion percentage, 7.5 yards per attempt, 21 touchdowns to seven interceptions. That is like an average to good college quarterback, right? Average to above average, I would say. Um, You know, like I was saying, obviously playing behind Michigan's line is nice. Um, But that's a massive upgrade for Iowa, right? Like substantial. Um, over what they have, because uh, what they had was really just bad. Yeah, um, McNamara is definitely a guy at Michigan where he was like a perfectly good game manager, but Michigan has high aspirations, and JJ McCarthy is the type of guy that can 
actually win you games rather than just keep you in them. Like JG McCarthy brings them to the college football playoffs, right? And yeah. like we both agree, he's an NFL guy. Cade Cade McNamara is not. So, anyways, I, I think for Iowa, this is good. The problem is all their wide receivers have transferred out, right? Literally all of them. Like Arlen Bruce was decent. He's gone. Um, I mean, if I, Johnson, wide if I played wide receiver for Brian Ferentz, I would definitely want to not continue doing that. I think the shocking thing about Iowa is that it's still Ferentz, right? With yeah. No coaching staff changes. Just was yeah. like, we're not the problem. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> – Definitely not um, nepotism at all that Brian the, the, Ferentz yeah, has like, the OC How are you job. an AD and you're like, this was a joke, but we're just going to roll it right back out there. Like, that's I mean, just... I mean, Kirk's a good enough head coach that you keep him around, but there is no reason his brother should be OC. I, and really, I thought that was a solution for them, right? Because the defense is awesome. You send like half the defense to the NFL every year. Yeah, um, exactly. That's that's where Brian Ferentz is a good coach, but right. but go get like an OC that can coordinate yeah. an offense that belongs in this century, right? <laughs> exactly. So uh, the bright spot for Iowa is Caleb Johnson, who I think is you know an NFL talent, at least like a day three guy who could be more if he you know performs like that. He is at the very least big and fast which is a good starting place when being uh, a running back right he's 60 225 and like was reportedly very fast coming in i don't know on film i'd say he's like a four or five guy at least but that's plenty fast um the average 5.1 yards a clip on a really bad offense um you know, took over starting duties halfway through the season for Gavin Williams, who many of us thought was going to be a decent CFF option, if nothing else. Um, so I, I think this kid gets, you know, he's a 200-plus carry guy. I think he is the definition of a volume pig, if nothing else, right? Um, but, you know, should be able to break some long ones. I was not terrible in the trenches, right? So... The problem's always been that they've had no no passing offense for the past couple of years, nothing to spread the field out, nothing to stop people from putting eight in the box in every single play. I don't know if that changes this year just because they have such poor talent on the boundaries. Um, the other strength of the team is obviously the tight end position where this is just the tight end factory. As we were talking Earlier, Michigan transfer Eric All has joined this and is probably the tight end two there, although Kyle and others have argued that he could well be a 1B or even the tight end one. I think that they they go with the guy that's been in the system personally. That's like my only argument for, for Lachi over uh, Eric All. But I also think Lachi's good, man. So when Laporta was out last year, he was averaging 18 points per game. Um, I mean, I don't know. These tight ends go on to the NFL and they get drafted. That's, that's it. That's my expectation for Lachi. I don't have any knock on him. I don't know. Some people seem to be less high on him, but I think that's just uh, on some level trying to differentiate yourself. So that's what I think. Um the one thing that I pulled out of my research here, which is interesting to me, is the next Iowa tight end is probably Addison Ostranga. I have not heard people talking about him, but he 
played really well in spring practices. He actually caught more passes in the spring game than any of the other tight ends. Uh, was mentioned first by the Beats, which always tells you what they think about him. Uh, so he's a guy that, I, I, you know, I don't know if you need to roster him right now, but it wouldn't be a crazy thing to do to take him in a late round if you want a tight end going into next year. Because all is a senior, probably goes to the NFL. Lachi or Lachi probably goes to the NFL or comes back and goes to the NFL next year. But uh, Stranga is pretty interesting. Um, sounds like the only a, other uh, sounds like a watch list guy and somebody I would add at the end of the season, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. He's that like late season waiver ad, right? For sure. Um, the other interesting name here probably Caleb Burton, who transferred over from Ohio State, where he was a high four-star guy. But Iowa released a depth chart on July 26th, and he is not even on the 2D. Maybe they just haven't worked him into the system yet. Maybe he wasn't there for spring camp. I think that's part of it. But um, I guess what I'm saying is I am tempering my expectations for Caleb Burton. Maybe next year he happens, but... What you got, Kyle? I figured out what happened on Fantrax. Um, when you open the players tab now, it defaults to projections, not last year's stats, which is why we were oh. confused about McCarthy. Yeah, he's 18 points per game in born and raised last year. So 22 feels a lot different than 18 to me. 22 is started. Well, 18 is like you, you, you're not happy about that. Mm hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right. You got anything on Iowa? You want to talk about why do you think Eric All is better than Lachie? I just think he's more athletic. I mean, I think he make, he, he works better in the seam. Um, but, like, I don't know if that's purely, like, a Devi idea on my mind. Like, either one. If they're going to get 18 points per game – like you said, without Laporta for Lachi last year, that's good enough for CFF. I just don't know which one I'm going to hang my hat on in CFF. Um, but I yeah, do I think mean, I like all more in Devi. Yeah, I like I like Lachi more for Devi for sure. But I could see all being a really nice later round tight end for CFF because he's probably cheap. Like probably barely gets drafted and he could, he could be in a 50, 50 timeshare. Right. There's um, some Eric all hype. Although he's still a tight end. So represent Eric's Eric power. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Who do you want to talk about now, Kyle? Um, I'll move on to Indiana. I think we leave Ohio state for last. Um, do you agree with me on Caleb Johnson and the Devi side? I didn't rank him for CFF either. If oh, you want to throw him in there. I like him much more than that for Devi. I think you're crazy. Really? Yeah. Yes. Dude, he's 225 and like ran like a like a track guy in high school. I would put him above Ollie Gordon. Okay. I well, if he's two twenty five and runs Track speed, I'd have him above Bucky Irving. Yeah, I, I, um, I think we're, I think Bucky Irving's too high. But 
hold on, let me, let me, you, you, you do what you're doing. And I also think you're too low on Lachy for Debbie, but we just went over that. So that's fine. Uh, we can agree to disagree. Do you like him more than Loveland? Um, yeah, just cause he's done it already. You know what I mean? It's my whole theory. I mean, Loveland has done it like 20 receptions as a true freshman. Yeah, I mean, that's good. You know, I don't know. Iowa, helmet scouting, maybe a little bit. I just don't see Lashy not getting drafted. I think it would be exceedingly um, yeah. currently watching I Johnson. I feel, the same way about, I feel the same way about Loveland. I think he's going to get drafted for sure. But um, I, yeah, I, I way, do, yeah, can, the, the early move him how you want. I, I don't um, care enough to move him. I cared about moving <laughs> Caleb Johnson, but that's it. Okay, just you can rank Caleb Johnson for CFF, and I will start talking about Indiana. Um, I think in terms of under-the-radar teams, Indiana is my favorite in this conference. Um, this is a team that's led by their – on offense, their offensive coordinator, Walt Bell, um, air raid disciple – uh, absolutely loves to throw the ball around, loves to play fast. I think for CFF, that's something that we need to pay attention to. And just because it didn't work for Indiana last year doesn't mean that it will continue to not work. I think especially because they brought in some good transfers this year. Um, and I'm ex- and a lot of guys came back. Like They didn't lose a ton to the draft either. Um so, yeah, that Waltwell air raid offense threw the ball 57.75% of the time last season. That's good for the 13th best in the country, assuming, you know, throwing the ball the most is the best, which I think it is. Um, and then the crazy thing about Indiana is that they were first in the country in plays per minute. Um, I would think for sure that would have been like Tennessee, but um, mm. apparently it was Indiana. So um, they're going to throw the ball around and they're going to play fast. Um, I think that just a lot of three and outs made them, you know, not that exciting in terms of <laughs> plays per minute. Um, Where to get to that fourth down so fast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Connor Basilak was their quarterback last year. Um, you know, we've uh, we sort of like waxed poetically a little bit about Basilak earlier this in this series, mm-hmm. but that's because we were comparing him to guys in the Mac. Um, in terms of a SEC or Big Ten quarterback, he is not that. Um, so I think Indiana makes a big step in the right direction at quarterback. They bring in Taven Jackson, um, who was a high four-star recruit last season, uh, who went to Tennessee. Um, he was the QB 12, according to 24-7 in last year's class. He's six foot three, 212. Um, super athletic, had great physical traits. That was really the thing about him as a recruit was that just like the physical traits were off the charts. Um, and he makes plays with his legs. He just wasn't like super polished as a passer. Definitely had steps to take there. Um, I, I'm would expect that the, uh, like redshirt year at Tennessee helped that, um, I tend to think they have a good quarterback coach and a good um, set of offensive minds to like teach quarterbacks. Um, Obviously those kind of theories haven't really been um, 
confirmed yet because they've you know thrived I mean, with transfers, Phoenix, right? Penix. No, I'm talking about Tennessee. Oh, oh, oh okay. I'm talking about like the hypo offense. Because um, I'm talking about Taven Jackson, um, and I think Taven Jackson's a guy who could have gone to better schools in the transfer portal this year, um, but his brother is Trace Jackson Davis, who is the star player on the Indiana basketball team, and so apparently there was some connection there. Um, his brother kind of showed him Indiana, and he he fell in love. So. Um, I think he takes a step down just because of that family connection. And I think he's probably the best quarterback that Indiana has had in a while. Um, he's not confirmed to be the starter yet, but I think, and everything seems to point that direction. You don't bring in a guy of that caliber and then sit him. Um, so I expect Haven Jackson to lead the way on offense at the quarterback position. In terms of running backs, they bring back two guys who were the RB2 and 3 behind Sean Shivers, who is now gone to, uh, quote-unquote, the NFL. He's a training camp body, truly, but um, he's gone. And one of those guys is Josh Henderson. He is going to be a fifth-year senior this year who transferred in from North Carolina before last year. Um, he last year he had 90 carries, 398 yards, and four touchdowns, along with 24 receptions, 274 yards, and four touchdowns through the air. Um, at 5'11, 222, it's pretty impressive with that receiving stat line. He can do both things pretty well. Um, I don't think there's anything really for Debbie there, but um, he's probably a good college back, at least he is now. Now that he's a fifth-year senior, um, probably wasn't as a freshman, but is now kind of one of those guys. Um, and then their other running back that they return is Jalen Lucas. Jalen Lucas was a true freshman last year who found his way onto the field. Uh, 49 carries, 271 yards, and two touchdowns. 16 receptions, 82 yards through the air. Was fantastic in the return game. Was like a Big Ten first-team kick returner. Um, and if you're excited for Debbie purposes, don't be Jalen Lucas is five foot nine, one sixty six. That is not gonna make it in the NFL. Um he is a running back that I outweigh by sixty pounds. He is a wide receiver who happens to play running back yeah. at that size, truly. He's a slot wide receiver. He wouldn't make it in the NFL as a wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think he can be like a fun guy in CFF, especially um, once Josh Henderson is gone next year. Um, I think Lucas could be fun. He could be a guy in the air raid who catches, you know, 40, 50 passes as a, as a junior or a senior. Um, so I think he's a name to watch in the long run. Probably not super excited about either of these guys next year just because they'll split so much of the work. Yeah. But at wide receiver in this air raid offense, I am excited about some guys. The first of those is Cam Camper. He came into Indiana last year as the JUCO wide receiver four per 24-7 in the 2022 class. So experienced at a lower level of football, came into Indiana and was immediately the wide receiver one after just one offseason. I mean, he, uh, he led the team in targets 
Um, he had 82 targets in the first seven games of the season before he was injured and missed the rest of the season. So that's you're talking me into him. It's ridiculous for anyone to have, you know, 11 targets a game. Um, unfortunately, those 82 targets were tied to Connor Bazalak's 55% completion percentage. And so they only hey. turned into 45 receptions, 560 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, this is a guy who, if this offense is able to improve and, you know, pass for more yards, score more touchdowns, I think Cam Camper will be a big beneficiary of that. And then there are other two wideouts who I expect to start and have like some interesting qualities. First of which is EJ Williams. He is a transfer in from Clemson. He was a uh, highly rated recruit, a top 150 recruit in the class. Um, you know, Clemson kind of brought in guys like EJ Williams, who are 6'3, 190 all the time for a few years, and they were all just all right. Um, in terms of Clemson, and um, but I think moving down to a team like Indiana probably makes him, you know, a lot better in comparison to his peers. Um, so I think EJ Williams will be a starter for Indiana if this is a good offense. That's something to watch out for. And then the last guy I'm interested in watching is Donovan McCulley. Um, there was some decent Debbie CFF hype for Donovan McCauley a couple years back when he came into Indiana as a freshman quarterback. Um, he was, he's six, five two ten, massive human being incredibly athletic for his six foot five size. Um, and then just last year, he switched from quarterback to wide receiver played wide receiver full time last year, had 16 receptions, 169 yards and a touchdown. Not super impressive, of course, but um, maybe he can take the next step. I mean, this is a guy who's only played wide receiver for one season. So um, Donovan McCauley, the last name to watch. And then not really a tight end I'm interested in here. So that's all I have for Indiana. So Cam Camper super interesting for CFF then. I think so. Like – Jalen Noel interesting. Um, yes. Without Hunter yes. Deckers, yes. Yeah. Right um, about there. Yeah. Sam Wiglitz. Wiglitz or Wiglitz has done Camper. it. Yeah. Well, so yeah. after that we got Javon Baker, Ricky White, Jaron Bradley. I'm definitely taking him. It's over like all the it's guys. like the has done it tier and then like the hasn't done it tier. With Jalen Noel in the middle, as has done it, but um, has a crappy quarterback. Catching passes from a mediocre transfer or uh, a redshirt freshman, right? A true freshman. Which is probably the better option, honestly, that it transfers. I don't know. The transfer seemed fine. He seemed to play, get like okay reports. And um, how old is Cam Camper? Is this like his fourth year or his third year? Um, tough to tell with Juco guys. That feel that changes a lot about whether he gets like ranked for Debbie at all, you know. He is considered a senior going into this year. So yes, yeah, is about right then. Tyron Smith range. Um, 
Yeah, played so, two seasons at community college, and then last year was a junior. Um, so, do you care to rank EJ Williams or Dorman Coley? I don't. No, not yet. They have to prove something first. Yeah, like if the offense goes bonkers, then like we'll watch list them, right? And honestly, I was. I was eyeballing Taven Jackson in drafts early this offseason, but I didn't really know that Indiana had that kind of like aggressive quick play calling. So I kind of passed him over and over. It just was like, there was no hook for me to draft him. I was like, ah, he's athletic, but like he probably is terrible, you know? Um, so that's very interesting to me that they, you know, he's got a shot to be the guy in a good offense. So I, I put him above Malik Hornsby, you know? Yeah, better recruit than really Hornsby. Same level of athleticism, better system. You know, P five. So, um, you know, that's where I'm at. Uh, all right. Anything else we need to talk about with Indiana? No, I think you should do your last two schools, and then we'll talk about Ohio State for another hour. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll try to try to keep it keep or it laying we, on our feet. We can just do six today. I mean, you can do one school and then we'll do Ohio State. Yeah, uh, yeah. Honestly, that's probably what we should do. Yeah, I'll save Minnesota. They're kind of fun. We yeah. have a ton of fun schools next time. We'll talk about Illinois, who is probably. The other least fun school to talk about here. I don't think there don't like is Illinois. that in a football school. What do you say? I like Illinois. I kind of like Illinois, but they're not exciting for Debbie. Um, right? I mean, last year, obviously, uh, God, who was the running back? It was Chase awesome. Brown. Yeah, Chase Brown was phenomenal, but Chase Brown was always a Debbie guy. He was just hurt as, 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 a, as a sophomore and then – Kind of got on the field as a junior, right? I mean, he was a decent yeah. recruit. Um, I like Illinois. Been... I like Illinois as a football team, not necessarily as a Devi hotbed, but they're just a fun, scrappy football team that stays in games and runs the ball three yards yeah. and cloud of dust. Kind of about them too, you know. Like they're not, they're never going to be near the top of the recruiting chart, but they still make the games like watchable and yeah. like, have some interesting stuff. So. Um, another school that got a mediocre QB transfer. Um, they got Luke Altmeyer coming in, who had lost the starting job at Mississippi to Jackson Dart, who I am also lower on than the Debbie community. I don't think either one of them is great. Uh, here was Altmeyer's uh, stats from Ole Miss: forty-seven percent completion. Great, 7.4 yards per attempt. And, like, yeah, they took shots, but still, like, that's that's pretty rough. So, apparently he looked good in the spring game. He threw a couple tutties. Um, you know, I think uh could be worse, you know. he was, He's a young kid, too. Only, you know, uh, was his second year last year, I think. Um, so, you know, not like he's a fifth-year guy. Uh, it could happen, right? Um, who was their quarterback last year? I don't even remember. Do you remember? That would be um, – He graduate? It's the guy who's been at Indiana forever. 
and was like always decently interesting, but never actually put it together. Yeah. Not Indiana. Um, yeah, he was like a so seventh year senior who had like two medical red shirts. Um, <laughs> it was. Oh, wait, no, that was the year before last. Last year it was Tommy DeVito. The uh, Tommy Syracuse DeVito. transfer. Right, 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 right. Who wasn't bad. I mean, he no, completed almost Could 70% of his eligibility? passes. He uh, must have. He completed must 70% of his passes, 15 touchdowns to four interceptions. Um, just only had 369 attempts. It's yeah, really the issue. Completed 70% of his passes, and 80% of those were four-yard passes to Isaiah Williams. <laughs> because, uh, to Chase Brown. Yeah, Chase Brown. So, I mean, I look, I like Isaiah Williams, a wide receiver. I think he's underrated. He's fun for CFF. He's never going to be a 25-point-per-game guy just because he's, like, short area, intermediate area. Um, but he's, like, you watch his film, he's he's very elusive, right? And he's got good hands. He's only been playing the position for a couple of years, came in as a quarterback recruit, I want to say, four years ago, three years ago. He's a true senior this year, if I recall correctly. Um, you know, 82 catches, 715 yards, five touchdowns last year. I would love to say he's going to exceed that this year. I think he does without Chase Brown, right? I don't think they have, like, that guy to be the engine of the offense outside of Williams. Um, but I don't think Altmeyer is very good. Maybe Altmeyer has improved, and, you know, this is a, a good season for Williams. But uh, – I don't know. Nonetheless, I like Williams as an NFL guy. Probably not a day two guy unless he goes bonkers. I know I say this all the time, but definitely <laughs> a day three guy and, and a guy that sticks on a roster, right? Like, yeah, he's a guy. I that, think I think Isaiah Williams is more of a Debbie guy than he is a CFF guy. Um, he reminds yeah. me of like Kadarius Tony in that way. Um, ah, the difference is that Isaiah Williams has been good <laughs> in college for two years already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Um, not great, but not great. Um, but, well, but but he is that type. Of, he's, he's that type of like Tony esque pros, prospect in that he's super athletic, super shifty, um, and will impress scouts at like a Senior Bowl type deal. Yeah, true. But he's not being used in the offense in a way that's like NFL impressive. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair to say. I mean, like some of his data is like decent. Like he gets a really high, a decent high market share, right? I don't have my spreadsheets open in front of me, but anyways, I like Isaiah Williams. He's on a ton of my teams. I was hoping he would progress. He's kind of been like flat um, since his you know original breakout a couple of years ago. But you know, you could do worse for a flex guy, and yeah, has some Debbie potential. Uh, this is a four-star that came in this year. It was a wide receiver, 36 in the class. Um, not a ton of blue-chip prospects at um, in Illinois at the wide receiver position. So he's a guy that, you know, could be a thing. Um, well, you got other – Who is that? Oh, his name's Malik Elzy. That's in the show sheet. E-L-Z-Y, <laughs> 6 Star. I didn't know much about him. I didn't have time to watch highlights, but could be a thing. Um, obviously, the, the most interesting a... piece on the recruiting trail this year for Illinois was four-star Caden Deegan, who is an enormous human being, uh, 6'2", 
217 coming out of high school. Uh, he was RB12 in this class. And uh, I mean, his, his film's good, man. He's, you know, he's a destroyer. He's probably going to get bigger than this. And, uh, you know, has a little bit of skill as a running back. So he's a just, guy that I think. Yeah, just to say how big is really big. Six foot three, 240. Um, and early oh, enrolled. Got it. 240 Wait. already. Wow, yeah. He was listed that, at 217 somewhere, but that must have been like um, older. I'm looking at Campus of Canton. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I must have right off of 240. Something very large, anyway. Um, big dude. Big right? dude. And, and was like, clocked at 21 miles per hour in high school. Um, yeah. Very much Derrick Henry light type player. Um, yeah. Love Kate and Fee. Yeah. Yeah. I grabbed some shares. Uh, and he, he's, he's, He's available in the middle rounds of the supplementals usually where like he's kind of like the last premium guy that comes off the board. So I, I love that. I love scooping up the value on, on that tier of guy. Um, so he's going to feast, but probably more next year. They got a couple of guys playing ahead of him. Uh, Reggie Love, the third, has been my pick for a guy there all along. He was just better than McRae last year, just straight up. But He's a little bit undersized. Um, I know like some of the Debbie people like McCray, but I just I just don't think McCray is very good. Uh, I love Josh McCray. Why do you love Josh McCray? He is big, he is athletic, and he is a good runner of the football. Um, I think it's fair to say he had a bad season last year. I think he was injured um, a lot. Maybe. He ran for a whopping 2.5 yards per carry. Although I did look he, at his profile. I'm like, he's probably he, punching in a lot of goal line carries that really keep the numbers down. I mean, he got hurt in the season opener, missed six games, played like limited snaps in two games, and then got hurt in that second game with limited snaps. Like, I think 2022 is a season you have to throw out. But as a freshman in 2021, he had 549 yards and two touchdowns. Like, that's an impressive uh, season for a freshman. And he had 142 yards against Penn State and 156 yards against Purdue. Like, he wasn't doing it against bad teams as a freshman. Yeah, that's fair. It could happen. (laughs) It could happen. Either way, I mean, Love's definitely not a Debbie guy. He's small, and he's not, like, any – I didn't think it's anything miraculous. I just thought he, I probably liked him better than McRae from watching last year and box scoring, box score scouting last year. But hey, if McRae gets back to that freshman year form, he could be a thing for CFF. He could be a thing for Debbie, even. I mean, still a young player, uh, honestly, following a kind of similar career arc to his predecessor in terms of a good freshman year, bad injury, and kind of getting back on the field. So. Yeah, he's very happen. similar to Fegan in the fact that he is six foot one, two thirty five, and also fast. Yeah, so big and fast, great starting point from for being <laughs> exactly. Um, and then last year they had a useful tight end. They had Luke Ford. Um, you know, he wasn't a world beater, but he was a guy you could play if you had to. They got a guy named Tip Reeman, who will be their tight end one this Tip. year. So. Fun name to say, Tip Freeman, Tip Freeman. 
right. That's what I got on Illinois. You got anything else in Illinois? Um, no, not really. Um, I love big, fast running backs, so I do love Caden Feekin and Josh McCray. But that yeah. is it. And, you know, gosh, McCree, McCray was like three in most supplementals. So, um, you know, if he does break out, sweet value. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm not I, – I didn't rank him aggressively for CFF. Um, I think there's a case to be made to rank him aggressively. Like, I mean, Chase Brown was a top 10 running back. I don't think there will be a guy who has that type of dominance over the backfield. Yeah. Um, Just to throw some cold water, and not that this means everything, but when I was doing research, multiple beats had, uh, like currently from summer, not from spring, had Reggie Love starting over the crate, which – you know, whatever doesn't mean everything, but yeah, uh, I think they're different that, backs. Yeah, it's definitely a thunder lightning type thing. Yeah, I think McCray is gonna get all the touchdowns, and I think Love's <laughs> gonna get a lot of carries between the the twenties. So, just In that enough case, to we should rank him higher than where I have him. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, even though I don't like McCray. I just like looking at the numbers today. I was like, ah, that kid's gonna get ten touchdowns this year, twelve touchdowns. Yeah, I do. So, and if you think he's good, then sweet, he might be a beast. You know. Is it is it Ohio time? No Ohio State, the uh, evil villain of the Big Ten that everybody loves to hate because they're just so freaking good and they recruit every single good player and they just yeah. stockpile all these assets that everyone liked as high schoolers and then they never get to do anything because they're behind a bunch of other guys who are also really freaking good in high school. Yeah. And apparently all their quarterbacks now are going to start one season and then go to the NFL. I don't know. I think this is the year, I, be I believe, where we see – like. Is this Ryan Day offense combined with the quarterback recruiting really going to be able to take guys who are high four stars, low five stars, and just make them sit for two years and then turn them into first round draft picks? Yeah. Because, like, we have sort of seen it. Like, CJ Stroud was a two year starter. Um, who's before that? CJ Stroud. Justin was Fields was the, a two year starter. Yeah. But all right, Justin Fields was like a 99 recruit. Yeah. Seven. CJ yeah. Stroud was the elite 11 MVP. What was Kyle McCord? He was just, just a high four star. You know what it I mean? This isn't nothing, but a weaker resume than CJ Stroud by far. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I, that's fair. I mean, um, but yeah. Anyway, if, if McCord is like able to light the world on fire and go in the first round, there is um, definitely something to be said about these other guys at Ohio State who are having to sit. I mean, if you want to be a Devin Brown truther and Kyle McCord ends up starting, well, first of all, obviously you want McCord to go get drafted because then that means Devin Brown is starting next year. But it's also like the perfect case study to see if Devin Brown can be a first-round pick after one season starting. So, um, 
I think this is really interesting what they're doing at quarterback, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And it could be something where they are recruiting five stars, making them sit two years, and then turning them into NFL quarterbacks. Um, I think like there are still five-star quarterbacks who would be willing to do that. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely something to watch. But anyway, yes, we are talking about Kyle McCord. We are talking about Devin Brown. This is currently still technically a battle. They have not named a starting quarterback. Um, it sounds like it's about 80-20 to Kyle McCord. Some people are saying 90-10. Um, McCord's a guy who was supposedly, you know, fighting for the job last year um, with Stroud. Obviously didn't win the job. Um but he's a guy with a high football IQ, a quick release, a strong arm. Um, he's not a super athletic quarterback, but he is six foot three, two fifteen, like perfect quarterback size, um, and kind of makes those anticipatory throws that will make scouts drool. I think McCord is going to be very good in this offense, um, assuming he starts. And then I think next year, Devin Brown will be very good in this offense as well. Devin Brown um, is a guy who is more dynamic than Kyle McCord. I still wouldn't call him a elite rusher, but he is a good rusher. He is um, he makes plays out of the pocket. He throws well off platform. He's a good anticipator. Um, he went to uh, Corner Canyon High School in Draper, Utah, which is the same high school where Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson's younger brother both went and played quarterback at. Um, and in a lot of ways, he kind of reminds me of Zach Wilson in kind of the baseball type arm throwing action um, off platform ability, not quite as athletic, but um, I do think Devin Brown is a good player as well. I would, I think Sometimes I'm able to talk myself into like both these guys being like top 15 Debbie quarterbacks, but it's just tough considering the situation and the fact that one of them is not going to start. Um, and then moving on, that is the quarterback situation. Moving on to running back. They have star running back Travion Henderson, who everybody loved going into net last season. Um, you know, had huge expectations on his shoulder. There were, you know, debates between Travion Henderson and Brees Hall, and there were debates between Travion Henderson and um, the guy who just went this year. There were some people who had Travion above Bijan. Like his freshman year was insane. Travion Henderson, as a true freshman at Ohio State, had 1,165 rushing yards and 15 touchdowns, along with 25, 23 receptions, 285 receiving yards. And he was doing that with like 4.38 yards after contact per attempt. I mean, he was just very strong as a freshman, just an incredible running back. Um, and then as a sophomore, he, you know, dealt with some injuries. Um he let some other guys, you know, kind of take some of his lunch. Um, maybe not like the ham sandwich, but like his Cheez-Its got taken away. His, you know, his sides. <laughs> he lost the jello pudding cup. Lost sure. the jello pudding cut to one of Mayan Williams. Um, 
So, yeah, last season, Trayvon Henderson, 576 yards, six touchdowns, just eight games. So not like I wouldn't call that a death knoll. I would call that a death knoll that was, you know, a 12-game perfectly healthy season. But um, I think there's definitely ability for Trayvon Henderson to bounce back. I do think he's a good running back. I'm not excited for him in CFF at all. Um, I still think yeah, he is. Yeah, share, right? It's going to be yeah, a timeshare. I think it's going to be. Ryan Williams, also very good. At least a three running back timeshare, if not four, if not five. Um, right. They have the deepest running back room in the NCAA. I do think despite him not probably not producing this year, I do think he is a top locked in top four running back in the class, probably top two um, in terms of Devi. But like we mentioned, Mayan Williams, you know, took Trayvon Henderson's Jello cup last season. Um, he wasn't a highly rated recruit like Trayvon Henderson or anybody else in this room. He was, I believe a three-star, but he absolutely proved himself last year. He, he's a great pure rusher of the football. He just bounces off people. Um, I know a lot of our friends in the Debbie space call him a bowling ball with legs. I think that's a, it's a fair observation for mine. Williams style of play. He's, um, he's a guy who's going to get you like six, seven yards of carry. Um, and he's going to do that by getting like four and eight yard gains. He's not a home run home run hitter to get that to seven yards of carry. Like his long last season was 71. But I think after that, his second longest rush was like 30 yards. So he's not the type of guy to like get in open space and take off. But he is the type of guy to just gain consistent yardage and just pound defenses to death. Um which, you know, is kind of the perfect complement to Travion Henderson. So it does make sense that both these guys are playing a lot. Um, last season, Mayan Williams had 125 carries, 817 yards, and 13 touchdowns in just 10 games. Um, a yards per carry mark of 6.5 there. Um, in 2021, his yards per carry was 7.1. Um, he gets a ton of yards after contact. He's just a strong rusher overall. Not involved in the passing game, but um, just a solid player. I think Debbie-wise, I'd expect him to be in the NFL, to probably be part of a timeshare, but definitely not going to be a uh, guy who you know is a world beater at the NFL level. And then they have two running backs behind those guys who are both super highly rated recruits. Well, both highly rated recruits. And um, both had, you know, decent true freshman seasons. Um, Dallin Hayden is the guy who was a true freshman last year. He was the RB19 in his class. He is 5'10", 205. Um, last season, obviously, we talked about Travion Henderson, who missed games. Mayan Williams missed games. Um, the other guy we're going to talk about missed the entire season. So it kind of just got to the point where they had to give the ball to somebody, and so they gave it to the freshman, Dallin Hayden. And he took advantage. He had 102 carries for 510 yards and five touchdowns. Um, started in the playoff game against Georgia. He is a, I think he's a pretty solid running back. Um, I'm not, you know, super excited about Dallin Hayden as a Devi prospect. I don't think, I think there's a case to talk yourself into him, but I'm not, I'm not there. Um 
to get too excited about the undersized guys. Yeah. Well, 5'10", 205 is... Oh, I thought good. he was, like, under 200. No. I think that Pryor is slightly, but he has a big frame. Um, yeah, Evan Pryor is the other guy who was the RB7 in the 2021 class, and he's the one who missed all of last year with an injury. Um, as a true freshman in 2021, though, he had 21 carries, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he is listed at 5'11", 198, but um, everybody's kind of said, like, Pryor has the frame to put on weight. Um, he's really fast. He's an interesting player, and, like, Beats are excited about him coming back. And they're like making a big deal about him being healthy again. So it sounds like he'll be in the mix. Um, it's just interesting. It's tough to tell what's going to happen after Travion and Mayan. Um, I think they these all three are good backs. And I just think it's going to be gross. But we will talk about that one last back that we uh, – pretty kind of like here and that is chip tray um chip has you know an interesting backstory to how he got here he was actually the backup to rashad white at arizona state and he kind of just it was like rashad white stayed on the field a lot rashad white was really good at arizona state but every time he came off and like chip Traynham came in he made plays he was exciting he was a guy that a lot of Devi people liked um, at running back. Um, and then, you know, when it was finally his turn after Rashad White goes pro, he decides, eh, I'm going to transfer to Ohio State and I'm going to play linebacker. Um, and suddenly we're not excited about Chip Traynham, the running back prospect anymore, because he's playing defense. Um, and then last year with all the injuries and with just Dallin Hayden left, they said, hey, can you come back and play running back? We really need some help. So he comes back and he plays running backs. Um, he's good. And apparently he switched back full time this offseason. So he is good, I think. I, I agree. He had 14 carries for 83 yards against Michigan last year. Um, that was really the only game that he uh, played. Um, he's 5'11, 233, and really explosive for 233. Um, yeah, it's. I, I like Chip Traynham. He's a guy who, you know, was rostered, got dropped when he switched to linebacker. And I've picked him up in the last round of supplementals, and I kind he's of been, feel bad about it. Kind he's of been don't. in my queue in everyone, <laughs> plus like Evan Pryor's in most of them. And I always look at him and I'm like, what do I do with him? Do I burn a roster spot sitting on them for a year? I think Traynham has more. Debbie value than prior just by like we've seen him be good explosiveness workhorse size you know what i mean um, yeah whereas prior has like a grievous injury and is undersized and is going to be playing behind other people right um yeah i don't know i just what the hell do you do with these guys for debbie i don't know i mean i just try has no cff value to you unless Mayan Williams or Henderson gets hurt, like, or probably both of them, really, for him to be like a startable asset. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. And the other he's thing, good. About, I, he's good him, is the thing. 
If you he's put him on a different fourth team, year now? Him... what? I guess it, I guess he's on his fourth year. I guess he has a COVID year, so he, he like, can come back. Yeah. I don't know, and I think Mayan Williams has a COVID year, doesn't he? Like Mayan Williams couldn't. Mayan stay. Williams is coming out. There's no chance Mayan Williams is coming out this year, in my opinion. God, yeah. I don't know what to do with those last three guys for Debbie at all. I mean, I think I'd rather take my shot on Fegan than Hayden, right? Definitely in campus to camp sure. where Fegan's going to dominate. Yeah. I mean, I could see for Devi putting Hayden ahead. Like, if both those guys graduate, does Hayden become a superstar, right? There's a world where that happens, and that makes me want to put him, like, higher, right? But do you think that's the case? And is it even Hayden? Is yeah. it Trinayam next year? Trianum. Yeah. Is it Hayden? Is it Pryor? Is it Trianum? Like, what it... do you do, like – is it somebody who's That's not even on the team? Him. That was like kind of my first instinct. <laughs> and then even like Mayan Williams. So Mayan Williams gets drafted, but he's going to run like a 4-6-2. So how excited <laughs> about him can you get for the NFL? I'm not. Like I probably have him too high. So at least like Barnes has some upside. Like Barnes is fast. You know what I mean? Donaldson could be a thing. Like – like oh and they have the rb3 in next year's class committed oh these guys are probably all dead right <laughs> i mean i'll leave it like I this for now but they're probably all dead <laughs> i don't know i think they're all good enough to hold them off i don't know i don't know we shall see yeah we we shall see for sure, um, but yeah, I think I think the big big ones are Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams. Um, everybody's super excited about Henderson in terms of Debbie, and I think that's fair. I think he's a top five Debbie back. Yeah, um, yeah, it could so. could be the Debbie RB one again by November, right? If he blasts off, I feel I like doubt it. I doubt it because I don't think they give him all the work because they want to keep him healthy. Yeah. He's that's my knock on Henderson. It's not talent. It's that I don't think we're gonna see him in a workhorse role right now. He's a little bit smaller too, eh? Oh, he's five ten, two fourteen. Never mind. Yeah, dude, he's like a perfect NFL workhorse size. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right. Can we talk about wide receivers? <laughs> I was just thinking of him in comparison to a rocket, and that's why I thought he was small. But it's just because okay. Rocket's very large. Um, yeah, Rocket's like 225, <laughs> runs the fucking 4 4. Like, I don't see. I, I, people have him as like the RB four in the class, and I'm just like, oh, Carrie, oh, okay. according to Google, Rocket is 243 pounds. That's not true. He's, He's not. He might be six two, but he ain't two forty. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those like combine disappointments, right? He's going to be like two twenty and six two. I don't think anybody's going to be disappointed if he's not two forty seven. I think people 
people will be quite happy if he's not 247. Anyway, uh, yeah, Ohio State wide receiver. Um, probably wide receiver you, I think, right now. Um, yeah. I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave all have left in the last two years. And they've all kind of paved the way for the guy who I think might be the best out of all of them. And that is Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, yes, that Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, his dad was the all-pro wide receiver who played with Peyton Manning. Um, he's 6'4", 205, a true outside wide receiver, alpha type um, Jamar Chase level prospect, I think. Um, you know, He's one of those. Chase. Whoa. Whoa. As a prospect, at least. Whoa. I like Marvin Harrison's tape a lot more than I liked Jamar Chase's college tape. Obviously, you can't like dispute what Chase has done in the NFL, but Harrison is a better route runner than Chase was, and that's not subjective. That's like he's objectively a significantly better route runner than Jamar Chase was. He's probably not as explosive as Jamar Chase was. Jamar Chase is just like a fucking freak athlete, right? Like at the catch point, after the catch, he outperforms Marvin Harrison in that regard. But like put their tape on side by side. Like Marvin Harrison is a savvier wide receiver and more polished. Than Jamar Chase was in college. Sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. Sure, sure. You think he's kind of like a Garrett Wilson player, but he's also six foot four. Um, yeah, that's fair to say. yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. To be fair, so and I say this because I, I did that Emeka Buka video a couple weeks ago, and just watching Emeka Buka, who's like not a little guy, he's like six two two oh five. Six one run routes and watching Marvin Harrison at the same time and just the like the breaks and the hip sync from Marvin Harrison he's just like a much better route runner than Egbuka who is a decent route runner like Egbuka is a good route runner just Harrison being two inches taller and ten pounds heavier was just so much more fluid at, at size and then like at the catch point it was just like you know you 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 Stroud would throw up like just a Hail Mary prayer to Harrison. He's just like, doink. And then he would throw like a jump ball to Egbuka. And it would just be like. <laughs> so, yeah, just for reference, Emeka Egbuka that we're talking about is largely considered the Devi wide receiver, too. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr. is like the guy at wide receiver, any class in. in I mean, any class in the NCAA right now, like he is the guy that we want. I mean, probably like a – he comes out this year, right? I mean, yeah. he's probably a top four pick, five top pick. five yeah. pick. He's top five pick. Like sure. Caleb Williams and Drake May are going first, right? Yeah. Most likely. And then Harrison, right? Yeah, I don't I don't scout defensive players. Yeah, me neither. Right. So I don't know if is there a freak edge guy that you know what I mean? Or, or but, tackles, I don't scout them either. <laughs> yeah, still. exactly. But but that's what it would be. It would be like a freak a tackle or really be an edge that you see go that high, right? But yeah, I mean for me it's it's he's the third he might be the most talented player in the class, honestly, or second after Caleb, right? 
I think yeah. Marvin Harrison's a better wide receiver than Drake May is a quarterback by far. But you're just not going to take a wide receiver over a quarterback, probably if you're you're trading up to that pick, right? Because you need a quarterback. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah. There's but a case in flex and yes, too. In, in super flex, all other things being equal, I would take Harrison above Drake May. Ooh, ooh, yeah, easily. Ooh, dude, look back spicy, a couple dude. of years at the people that went ahead of Jamar Chase in rookie drafts, and think about how dumb you feel at this point. Like, if you did that, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I, I have a lot of Justin Field shares. That feels okay now that I took ahead of him, but like. People took Trey Lance ahead of Jamar Chase. Yeah, I think Drake May is a better prospect than Trey Lance, but by far. Oh, you know, we, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he played against other NFL players, right? But Yes, I, I will not. I'm definitely never going to make a case for um, Marvin Harrison below three, but yeah, I will pump the brakes on Marvin Harrison two. Well, you're just below. I'm just ahead of you. It's okay. You'll catch up. You got time. Speaking of guys who are trying to catch up to the person ahead of them, Emeka Ekbuka, um, the wide receiver two at Ohio State. He is also a true junior, just like Marvin Harrison. Also probably going to go to the draft and will likely be a first-round pick. Um, last season, he had 66 receptions, 1,039 yards, and nine touchdowns. He is six foot one, two hundred five. As we mentioned, um, he is more of a slot guy than Harrison. Not really like the out wide type build. He played sixty seven percent of his slot his snaps last year in the slot. Um, was good for three yards per route run, which is insanely impressive. So, I mean, also a guy who I would definitely consider a top five Debbie wide receiver, probably top three. Um, I like to be contrarian and not have him too, but um. yeah, no, I mean, it, you could argue worthy over him for sure. Um, I think there's other ways you can go with that argument too, but like, who else are you going to put above neighbors? Uh, Branch, right? Ted McMillan, maybe I see people put above him, but I just think Egg has already put it all together on film. He's already getting drafted the first round wide receiver. So really, what are you looking for? To squeeze a little bit of additional upside by taking on more risk? Like, yeah. maybe you like Ted McMillan more, but maybe he tears his Achilles this year, right? Or like yeah. next year. He's just got a longer path to the draft. Yeah. Know? Yeah, there's – I think there's a case for, like, burden, but, like, you're you're taking exactly what you said. Like, Dude, taking burden over Igbuka right now <laughs> is like taking Quinn Ewers over Caleb Williams last year. Which I say, I did that one time, and it's like <laughs> haunts me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're taking perceived upside over a guy that's already done it and succeeded. You know, it's just it's a little bit wacky. Yeah, I, I guess that's fair. Yeah, and there's definitely a path where Egbuka is like a Justin Jefferson type, you know, slot wide receiver. Because you know, as good as Jefferson, but well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like in my mind, like the case for Burden is like he can be an outside receiver who's like super athletic, like AJ Green, Julio Jones type. But like the NFL's moving away from those guys. So I I, I think I do agree with you. Um, 
Yeah. Well, yeah. my whole thing about Burden is that, like, I like Dominic Lovett. I think he's a day two wide receiver. Dominic Lovett dominated Burden's tier, right? And I, I don't think Dominic Lovett's like a five Debbie wide receiver. So it's tough for me. It's the same thing when people were trying to tell me Keishon Boutte was better than Malik Neighbors last year. And I was like, why? Neighbors was clearly outproducing him on the field and outplaying him, right? And it's like, yeah, injuries, booty, right? But like, there's a lot to say about upside there, and you know, um, like, they're just different molds. And love it's love it specifically is quite small. Um, yeah, he's undersized. He's a slot receiver, right? I mean, what's the difference between Jacob Cowing and fucking Dominic Lovick, really? Like, one played in the SEC, but, like, as a player, yeah. you know, yeah, that's the problem. I'll, I'll say Lovett is actually, I think, really good, though, and he can beat man, and he has ball skills. Like, he's he's a, he's that little guy that's a really good contested catch receiver, so I'm actually very high on Lovett. I'm, like, talk about considering SEC trying to trade later. for him. We'll talk about the SEC later. Save it, save it for Georgia. If we even get to Georgia before the season starts, because we really need probably to. Probably not. We're going to be doing it like week two at this point. <laughs> anyway, speaking of the fact that we need to keep moving, um, Julian Fleming is uh, probably the third wide receiver on the field for Ohio State, at least to start the season. He is six foot two, two hundred five. Was the wide receiver one in the twenty twenty class according to twenty four seven? Very, very highly rated. Um, like in terms of just not comparing him within the class, but with other classes, he is very, very highly rated. And then he did absolutely nothing his freshman season um, and did very little his sophomore season. Um, was absolutely overtaken by one Jackson Smith and Jigba, who was in the same class. And then last year, he was overtaken once again by Marvin Harrison Jr. and Edmeka Ekbuka. Um, Fleming last season had 29 receptions, 462 yards, and six touchdowns. I mean, to me, he's the guy to start the season. I don't think he's the wide receiver three when the end Here's of the, the season. Here's the thing about Fleming. I think if you put Fleming on, I don't know, Illinois or Minnesota, he's like a thousand yard receiver this year, right? Like, he's good. He 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 popped on film a little bit when I was watching Ibuka. He's just not a top half of the top first round wide NFL wide receiver, right? He's probably like a, I don't know. I mean, I still could see him getting drafted like relatively highly, like a top so 120 pick or something. Your case is that he's Terry McLaurin. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Yeah. I think that's fair. I don't, I don't think he's as good as Terry McLaurin, but I just think he's better than we think he is because I mean, he's McLaurin was the a- best guy on his team. McLaurin was never the best guy on his team, too, at Ohio State. I mean, like, pretty much the exact same situation. Like, McLaurin, as a senior, had 701 yards on 35 receptions. I mean, yeah. that's, that, that is a quite impressive field stretcher, but that's very low volume. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I think that we have a expectations problem with Fleming, right? Because if you, like, were on him as a freshman, you've just been horrendously disappointed for three <laughs> years, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I think he's good. So, yeah. He's a senior bowl guy. 
I think there are other guys at Ohio State that are better. Yeah, me too. Um, one of those who is not a person that I think is better, but I should mention before we get to the freshman, um, is Jaden Ballard. Uh, Jaden Ballard is also at Ohio State. He went for eight receptions, 155 yards, and a touchdown last year, I believe, as a sophomore. Uh, yeah, former five-star. He is five also a former five-star, six-foot-two, 196, and a year one-zero. Um, but, yeah, high high-level recruit, so figured we'd talk about him. And then I'm just going to do all the freshmen together at the end, so we'll talk about tight end real quick. Cade Stover was the guy last year and will once again be the guy this year. Um, last year he had 35 receptions, 399 yards, and five touchdowns. Um, Ohio State tight ends get drafted. Ohio State tight ends get decent um, CFF numbers, like 400 receiving yards for tight end is good enough. So Stover is probably going to be an NFL tight end unless he like hurts himself real bad. Yeah, I didn't know where to put him for Debbie, but I mean, I don't know. He could be anywhere between Eric All and the last tight end on this list. Probably should be closer to Eric All, though, honestly. I think I like Maryland more, but I think he gets drafted ahead of Maryland easily. But for fantasy, I like Maryland more. Yeah. I just, there's a good history of, you know, Ohio State tight ends getting drafted really highly at this point. But. They don't do much. No. At least for fantasy. I mean, that's probably who he is, right? He's. Yeah. He's what, like Tyler Conklin esque? Right. Yeah. I was thinking like the kid from the Bills, but same thing, right? Dawson Knox? Yeah. It's an Ohio State guy. Dawson Knox with Ole Miss. And he's way more uh, flex than Stover. Uh, <laughs> he just can't catch. Okay. All right. <laughs> Anyway, the freshmen, um, they are headlined by the wide receiver class, and the wide receiver class is headlined by Brandon Ennis and Carnell Tate. A lot of people had Ennis as the one between those two going into the, you know, like finishing out the recruiting season, but Carnell Tate has been the word around campus. He was the first freshman to get the black stripe off, which is the fancy way of saying the coaches were impressed by him um, and, like, initiated him onto the actual team. He's no longer a freshman. Yeah, um, yeah kind of stupid. But Carnell Tate, you know, is a guy who went to IMG Academy, um, one of the best football programs in the land. He is six foot two, 180, a little bit on the smaller side kind of like a CD lamb type kind of guy, a little smaller, pretty quick. Um, Lots of rack, right? Just very good all around. Like he's kind of good at everything. I do worry a little bit. I don't really see a skill that he's elite at. Like he's not an elite jump ball guy. He's not an elite speed guy. He's not really an elite route runner, but he's just good at everything. Yeah, has the has you the know, possibility you, to be great at everything. You know but, why he got his black stripe off first? Why? Because Innis wasn't an early declare. <laughs> it wasn't an early commitment. 
It's true. I think it is better. Just honestly, it's his films really, really good. Like speaking of Garrett Wilson, that's kind of who Ennis reminds me of in his route running a little bit. Just that level of fluidity uh, already uh, at a really young age, man. He's he's impressive. Yeah, Ennis is five foot eleven, one eighty nine, clocked at twenty one miles per hour. He's only five eleven. Yeah, ah, he looks bigger than that on <laughs> He um, as a senior, he um. Where where is he from? I don't know. It doesn't say where he's from. But he racked up 1,336 receiving yards, a senior, against the 12th best strength of schedule in all of high school football. So I'm assuming he's from Texas. Um, yeah. <laughs> he is a, a very, very developed wide receiver. He is a very good route runner, like you said, has good bursts, quick feet, creates separation. Um, has a strong release, um, has enough speed to break some guys, you know, pass some guys. I don't, speed's not as going to be his calling card, but he is fast enough. Um, he does have steps to take. Like, he only started playing receiver full time as a senior. He played a lot of quarterback before that, a little running back. I mean, he was just kind of the all around guy that's just kind of what you do with those high level athletes in high school football but um yeah i i, I think brandon ennis is a very good wide receiver i think he's probably the um wide receiver three or four in this freshman class and um he's a guy that i think we should be excited about for sure yeah, I like both of them quite a bit, honestly. I took Carnell Tate in all my first supplementals when I had that late first round. John T. Cook was off the board pick. I took Ennis a couple times late, later in the season, just to make sure I had some shares because I started to have that feeling that like I was going to really regret passing up on him after I got more into the film. Um, I don't know what to think about Noah Rogers. I just I wasn't blown away by any of his film. I, I it was good, but he kind of blended into that like next group of wide receivers for me that were like good, but I just did nothing stuck with me that I was like, Oh damn. Whoa. Like th that cutoff for me was like really, Hey, I kind of the same thing you were saying was good at everything, but there was no wow moment in Carnell tapes film for me either. Yeah. I was so high on him because Ohio state is so high on him, but it was like branch cook Ennis that I was just like, Whoa, snap and then dicky was the other guy that watching this film i was like man this kid is something yeah i mean noah rogers six foot two 195 clocked at 20 miles per hour which is barely fast enough i mean yeah. if that's his if that's his real speed i i'm, I'm not super excited um yeah. he does have good hands um you know has you know raw ability make sharp cuts, um, had 1,432 yards and 22 touchdowns as a junior in high school. A little bit um, productive. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I'm willing to bet on Noah Rogers in comparison to guys around him, like a Nathan Leacock or a Eugene Wilson or yeah, I like Eugene Wilson a lot. We'll get there. Even like a Van Drevius Jacobs, like I think I'd rather kind of have. 
I mean, there's yeah. just a lot of guys with a lot easier paths to production than there are uh, Noah Rogers. Yeah. I get like sometimes it's smart to take that cheap guy. Like Malik Neighbors was a cheap guy, Kobe Prentice was a cheap guy, but it's just tough to see a path to him getting on the field because like they're going to bring in five stars next year, right? So, it, you yeah. know, I, I don't know. I just see him as a guy that follows that like jmo path if he has the path to the nfl future you know what i mean yeah but he doesn't have an elite calling card like jmo just right that. yeah he doesn't have that kind of speed so i mean that's Jaden ballard more with the speed right that's that's the jmo path but, yeah right um and then the uh, a couple other true freshmen at ohio state we should talk about the first of all is the quarterback lincoln Kineholtz. um he's widely considered like the QB seven. I mean, there's that first tier of five and then there's like Kineholtz, Levitt, Avery Johnson, you know, those type of guys. Um, Kineholtz is very athletic. I mean, um, he reminds me of like a guy like Kadon Salter, who um, is very, very athletic, makes plays with his legs, um, navigates the pocket and, and tends to leak out and get some rushing yards. But, I mean, he was an impressive passer, too. He had 9,100 career passing yards as a three-year starter in high school, 104 career touchdowns. Um, he's kind of different from other quarterbacks that Ryan Day has used in the fact that he is such an athlete. Um, I mean, Justin Fields yeah, is that kind of athlete. Level the ball too. Yeah. Hey, hey. It said it says eleven A, but I have no idea what state. Um, but yeah, Kineholtz is like kind of a Justin Fields esque type guy in the way that he's more athletic than a guy like Kyle McCord or a guy like Devin Brown. Um, he did play high school football in South Dakota. Yeah, so okay, that's fair. He did play a lower level competition. Um, but yeah, I I like Lincoln Kineholtz. He's obviously a guy that you're probably going to have to start uh, and wait two years on um, unless, you know, McCord and Devin Brown both get injured, um, which would suck. But, yeah, I think I think Lincoln Kineholtz is worth a shot at where he's getting drafted because he's getting drafted pretty low. You can kind of wait on him after a lot of um, guys who are, you know, already CFF guys only. And then there is a tight end at Ohio State that is worth talking about, and that would be Jelani Thurman, the freshman tight end at Ohio State. He is, I'm trying to find my notes on Thurman. Um, they're not in this. Jelani Thurman. How do you feel about Jelani Thurman, the freshman tight end Ooh. at Ohio State? <laughs> See the third tight end this year? Four-star tight end. The tight end of three in the um, 2023 class, according to 24-7. That is Six a foot five, 253, Jelani Thurman. Um, a guy who played... Him? I really don't draft freshman tight ends. Unless yeah, they're... Even Deuce. I didn't draft any Deuce. I, I've drafted, I drafted a couple... Uh, I think I drafted Pimpton a couple times, and maybe Lucky once. Yeah, lucky I drafted a lot of just because I'm like, I don't know. if you get the next Brock Bowers, it's worth that like fourth round pick or whatever, right? Yeah, 
But but Thurman's a guy who played basketball and football in high school was very good at both. Um, he has good hands. Good. Uh, he's very large. I mean, he has a like, huge long arms, a like, huge wingspan, a great catch radius. Um, I think he's a guy who you know can you know maybe be more of a pass catcher than some of the other tight ends at Ohio State have been, just because of his pure raw athleticism and just insane frame. Um, and he's a guy who's had some good mentions from the coaching staff pretty early on. So, um, I think, uh, Jelani Thurman, he was an early enrollee. Um, and yeah, I think he'll be a very good college football player, if not a Debbie player. They use the tight end position, you know, tight end goes for four to 500 yards a year in the Ohio state system. So, Yeah. All right, real quick, let's look at oh, where all of these guys, there's so many guys, are ranked. There's um, so much red on the board now. <laughs> yeah, everything's red. Um, I think personally I have Devin Brown higher. Um, I think I'd have him above Rising Sanders and Daniels. Um, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I have no objection. Honestly, I I liked two months ago. I would have had Brown over McCord, right? Sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, and I think it's still close. I mean, yeah, even if even though McCord is probably winning the job, it's still it's still probably. You could see. I could see. I could make the argument that even though McCord wins the job this year. Devin Brown might have more upside, right? More athleticism. Yeah. yeah. Over a dual threat guy. Um, you definitely can make that argument. I think my pushback would be waiting two years versus waiting one. Yeah. And well, that's, that's why. Yeah. That's why I record by you. You know, who I didn't rank was kind holes, but I think he'd be like right behind Chile's for me. Honestly. The only I... thing is like, hey, I have my head. I have a head of Chili's. Oh, all right, that's fair. I'll put him right behind. I like Chili's better, but um, my only thing about Kineholtz is, does he ever get to start a game at Ohio State? Right? Is he still a good player if he doesn't? If he goes somewhere else, I don't know. Yes, but just I guess it's like. For me, it's similar to the way I feel about a Lincoln Riley quarterback at this point because they seem to be starting to be an NFL Peter school. I'm just yeah. going to like – I feel like Riley can develop quarterbacks, so I'm going to take Malachi Nelson over Dante Moore, right? Like that's how I feel about that. And at least like the Ohio State quarterback, maybe Ryan Day is not developing them that way. But the dude gets to throw to three NFL wide receivers every <laughs> game he plays, unless yeah. something radically changes, right? I agree, and I think that's where my point was at the beginning of the Ohio State um, talk with McCord. Like, this is the season with McCord where he can prove that he is a quarterback feeder to the NFL, right? Um, if he does it, so right, yeah. Um, Hayden Williams, eh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what to do with them, but I mean, I feel like Williams, you know, he's going to the NFL. 
He's going to play. I just probably don't care about him for fantasy football, you know? Yeah, um, I agree. Hayden has a chance to be something else. Hayden has a chance to be the next guy there. That's I could fair. put him higher and feel okay about it, but he could also just never be anything. I mean, that's that's fair. Yeah. Um, here, I think I have I I think personally I have Ennis Cook Tate, but um, not gonna argue it. Not really. Yeah, so nice. I I, I um, could argue that either way. I like how low you put Fleming and Ballard. Yeah. Again, Ballard, I think Ballard gets drafted. I just think he gets drafted as a very situational guy. He's going to be a deep threat. Even that's like um, the Ohio State coaching staff said that this spring. Like (laughs) they said in reference to Ballard, to be a starting wide receiver for Ohio State, you have to be all you have to be able to do all of the things we expect a wide receiver to do. So Ballard has to work on some of those things, was the way they said it, right? And it's like Yikes. I think um Kyle McCord in CFF, I think that's that's um ambitious. You don't think he throws for four thousand yards? I mean, I'm definitely taking him ahead of Bryn. And C2C, yeah. And CFF? Yes. I think Bryn's going to throw for 4,000 yards. I think Georgia Southern's going to have 600 pass attempts. But whereas Ohio State can actually run the ball and will run the ball yeah. in late-game situations. Yeah, I mean, McCord's going to throw for like 10 yards an attempt just because of who he's throwing to. Yeah, yeah. And if McCord is Stroud, then that's fair. But if McCord is not, like you seem to think, like he's just an average quarterback who just gets the ball. You said he doesn't have the resume that Stroud. Sure. Right. Um,. I, also think, I, mean, I could be talked into putting him behind Finn, but if I'm drafting, I'm taking him ahead of Bryn. I also think it's um, – I think if you have McCord this high, it's ambitious to have Henderson and Williams this high too. Because um, you think that they're going to have – I think we're just kind of giving them like a C2C bump, you know? That, I, think that we have, I think you and I have very, an issue where we think about CFF as – Half of C2C. <laughs> yes. Instead of just like pure CFF. I 100% do that. I don't do enough <laughs> pure CFF drafts to be anchored uh, appropriately. You're better at it than I am, I think. But yeah. Because I think, I mean, Mayan Williams is like probably, if he's healthy, probably a 800, 900 yard rusher. And yeah. maybe he gets to like 12 touchdowns, sure. But do you want to put him lower? I, mean, I could see Damian Martinez outproducing him. I mean, He's I can still see him. At, I can see him ahead of Trayshawn Ward. I, I don't really see him above Caleb Johnson. Yeah. And then I guess I guess Travion's up there with like a, you know, the RB two. I'd rather Barnes than Williams. Ooh. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I guess Barnes I had like Barnes, six, six, Barnes had six hundred rushing yards last season as a true freshman as the RB two to Eric Gray. Now he's yeah. the RB one. And he's gonna be the RB one this year. I don't think it's Sawchuck. 
I think Barnes right. should be way higher than he is. I think that's fair. I think you can put him ahead of Ward. I think Barnes and Brooks are similar. Yeah, I agree. I just feel like, yeah, Kativo could be bonkers, but I think it's exceedingly likely that Barnes is a thousand yard rusher this year. We're going to have to go through all these and be like, ah, this guy, this guy, this guy. We're going to have to have so many shows in the next three weeks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do, we have to do two a week to get through everyone, right? Like that's what we have to do. Maybe more than that. I don't know. I haven't done the math. Well, we get a second one of these. We get two conferences, but I guess the SEC could be a lot. Yeah, we can kind of fly through the ACC. Hopefully, I don't know. We'll have to have a Riley Leonard debate. Are you excited about talking about <laughs> Riley Leonard? Do you, do you think he's a, a, a Debbie guy? No. I don't see it. Yeah, some people do. I like Jalen Daniels better, personally. But I can be talked into Riley Leonard. I like Cameron Rising more. Right? Yeah. All right. We got anything else here? We got anything else in the first half of the Big Ten? No. Excited to talk about the second half of the Big Ten, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There are no teams in the second half that we will spend, I think, 50 minutes on is what we did for Ohio No, but there's, but there's some good there's some good players, and there's some teams that are a little bit fun, right? Like, to me, you know, Wisconsin's a fun – can be a fun team. I agree. Pieces, different situation. Minnesota could be fun if they start throwing the ball again. Minnesota. Yeah, we get a few we get a few squads there that would be fun to talk about. Um, all right, man. Uh, oh, and we have Penn State. Penn State. I do like Penn State a lot. Yeah, we have uh, two guys who will be in the top three, top four, top three at their position. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, my friends, if you've made it here, we applaud you. Um, two hours please. and two minutes of Big Ten football. Big Ten football. I'll have to cut up some clips because I think we get some good stuff in the back half that uh, probably don't get that many people through. Um, but the clips take work to do. I'm lazy. So, but, <laughs> you know, if you've made it here, please subscribe to the channel so you can hear us go on at length about the remaining two and a half conferences and uh, we'd love a review reviews would be sweet people left us reviews we'd like that a lot and um that's it for me you got any parting words kyle um big 10 sucks big 10 sucks r.i.p pack 12 they, they suck because they took the teams from the pack 10 pack 12 and just because the sec is better yeah, I mean, all valid criticisms. All right, my friend. Uh, I I am EK. For me, for Kyle, we're the Debbie Dose. We're signing off. <laughs>